Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. It is that time of day where we sit down and we serve you up three big martinis. I'm Chad Benson in for my man, Greg Corumbus. She'll be back uh, soon. We promise you that. But as always, Jim Garrity is here. We're going to give you the good, the bad, and the crazy today. And uh, Jim, thanks so much for having me back. And let's start with the good New York Times, Siena Poll. Democrats have some issues here. The ray, the red wave may be coming. Yeah, and it, we're now at that time of year where you don't want to overreact to any individual poll. But I think this one <laughs> did start kind of quicken the, the pulse of Democrats. Um, part of it is that the sense of the economy is very bad. We'll talk a little bit more about that in our third martini. Um, but just, you know, the fact that Republicans are up uh, by four points on the generic ballot, that's kind of a big deal. Usually Republicans are behind by a couple uh, of points. And because Democrats tend to be more concentrated in these, you know, deep blue urban districts, the D plus 20 places like New York and San Francisco and stuff like that, generally the attitude is that Democrats need to be a couple points ahead uh, to keep control of the House. So Republicans by four is good. Um, kind of like what's really kind of intriguing also in here is that Republicans are about uh, 34% amongst Hispanics. And this is a demographic that uh, Democrats thought they had in their back pocket. Um, and then probably they'd also the la- other big headline jumping out of this from women who identified as independent voters. Back in September, just a month ago, they favored Democrats by 14 points. Now independent women back Republicans by 18 points, what the Times characterizes as, quote, a striking swing giving the polarization of the American electorate and how intensely Democrats have focused on that group and on the threat of Republicans posed to abortion rights. Call me crazy, Chad. I think probably things like grocery prices and gas prices starting to inch up and just the general overall sense of uh, inflation probably have a lot to do with that. Yeah. You know, uh, at the end of the day, we all participate in the economy. And when you see like this weekend, I took my family shopping. We went shopping to get groceries. It was 700 bucks. It's massive. Now I'm feeding five. I mean, myself and four others, but it was ridiculous. You feel that day in and day out. You see it. You drive by the every gas station. You look up and you're like, oh, my goodness. I can't blame it for everything, but let's be real. You're the party in power. And we look to hold the party in power accountable because it's like football, right? You're not firing the players. You're firing the coach. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I imagine this is addition to every consumer feeling stress, every family feeling stress as they look at their grocery bills and their monthly budget. Uh, they probably are seeing a lot of stress in businesses. If you run a small business, who's running your human resources? If your answer is, well, I'll figure it out myself, or perhaps more honestly, no one, remember that one employee complaint can turn your world upside down. But human resources is not just about avoiding risk. As a business leader, you should be trying to do right by the people you employ, and that's why you need Bambi. Bambi is an HR platform built for businesses like yours, so you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager. First, Bambi's HR autopilot will automate your core policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. Then your dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance available by phone, email, or real-time chat. An in-house HR manager can cost you up to $80,000 a year. But with Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. 
Now, remember, Bambi has received thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, and their customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them. You run your business, and you should be letting Bambi run your HR. Go to Bambi.com slash Martini right now for your free HR audit. That's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Martini. Once again, that's Bambi.com slash Martini. Oh, <sighs> you know, you know who probably could use Bambi right now, Chad? Kanye. Kanye West. <laughs> he's got some problems. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you, man. He's he's got a few 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 issues there, Jim. And with it seems to be with everybody, uh, but uh, especially the Jews, and uh, now with uh, George Floyd family. And uh, I, I've got to say, it, it feels like a manic episode. Yeah, and look, you know, I, I, it was really bad timing for Tucker Carlson to conduct this interview with Kanye. Um, then come out and the kind of his lead into the interview is a declaration that Kanye West is not crazy. And then we learn that there are a whole bunch of outtakes in which Kanye West sounded quite crazy and quite anti-Semitic uh, that were not included and that were left on the cutting room floor. And then subsequently, since that interview, Kanye West has just continued beating the drum on this. I really feel I know conservatives feel like every celebrity is against them. So when a celebrity comes along and says something that is remotely conservative, like Kanye West pointing out the abortion rate amongst African-Americans and calling that a tragedy and calling that an outrage, um, I can understand why, you know, like people, pro-lifers or other conservatives might say, finally, we've got one. We have somebody on our side. Oh, fantastic. It's wonderful. But I think the evidence is abundantly clear. And I, you know, again, it's nice to have him. It, it, you know, I can see why conservatives like him saying these sorts of things. This is the same guy who said during the uh, Hurricane Katrina fundraiser, uh, you know, George W. Bush doesn't care about black people. Uh, he's always been a guy who who pops off and says the craziest thing. He's always been courting controversy. He's always been doing something new and different. And at some point he realized that flirting with voices on the right or appearing to be on the voices on the right will get him attention when people get bored of his marriage to Kim Kardashian or his divorce from Kim Kardashian, et cetera. Um, yes, he's a very creative guy and very often creative personalities have these kinds of um, personality extremes and mental health extremes. But this stuff he's saying about the Jews, like you just can't justify it. You cannot hand wave it away. This is straight up awful anti-Semitic stuff. And I don't want to see anybody on the right saying, well, it's not that bad. Or, oh, let's hand wave it away. Who who amongst us hasn't said some things like that? Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, again, I, I look at this and I talked about this today on my show. I've talked about it with other people. He's having a manic episode, which he's talked about how bipolar and he's manic and stuff. And somebody needs to step in. I look at somebody like Kim Kardashian and say, uh, that is the father of your children. You need to step in at some point and say, hey, you, you got to step away for a little bit. This is scary to watch somebody meltdown. And I heard his podcast over the weekend, you know, talking about the, he was with another group of guys. And I'm like, how can they allow any of this to get out? He is blaming the Jews for everything. He's talking about the, the conspiracy that it was, uh, you know, it was fentanyl that killed George Floyd. All of these things. And you sit there and you're like, yeah, this is not helping. And every time you open your mouth, it seems like it gets worse. And now you're going to buy parlor. Yeah, you know, there's this this philosophy of um, there's no such thing as bad publicity. 
Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is bad publicity. When you're ranting about the Jews and how the Jews caused Kim Kardashian to leave him for the guy from Saturday Night Live and all kinds of stuff like that. You know, no, no, this doesn't make people think better of Kanye West. This doesn't make people, um, uh, you know, whether it's more likely to buy his albums or more likely to, you know, spend money on whatever he's offering, his fashion line, stuff like that. This is a guy who who desperately needs someone in his life to say, Kanye, stop. Step away from the camera. Step away from the microphone. I don't know if he needs to go to some you know, mental health facility. I don't know if he just needs to talk to a therapist and just let it all out. I don't know whether he needs some sort of medication for his bipolar condition. Something is really, really wrong with him. And it's turning into a public spectacle that isn't helping him, even if it's good for you know album sales or whatever he's trying to sell or something like that. I, I really feel like this, this attitude of all controversy is good, all attention is good, is actually very harmful to people. And it allows people to continue. It's It, it enables people uh, to continue things that are actually very self-destructive. And I hope that uh, somebody around Kanye can intervene very soon. So we've had we've had our good, we've had our bad, and a crazy. Uh, uh, he likes ice cream, and man, the uh, the economy's hella hot, man. It's hella hot, Jim. Yeah, as I wrote in the the morning jolt today, uh, the the idea of there's actually a meme that started. I think it was back in March that uh, had somebody saying, "I can't afford gas or groceries." And there's a you know picture of Joe Biden licking an ice cream cone and saying best economic recovery ever be- ever Jack you know uh, well Joe Biden more or less acted out the meme <laughs> this week it, he was in Portland he was at a Baskin Robbins he was having another ice cream cone you probably remember the you know seemingly relentless images of Biden eating ice cream throughout the uh, well throughout 2012 and then in 2020 he couldn't campaign as much because of COVID 19. Then he ends up in the White House, and there always just seems to be a stop at an ice cream store. And this seems like this, oh, Biden likes ice cream, and this very gentle coverage. Well, the reporters who were there asked him about uh, whether he was concerned about the global economy. And in the course of that, he said, the economy is strong as hell. And then he, he says this kind of with his mouth full, stuffing his face with a waffle cone at the Baskin-Robbins. Um, I imagine Democrat uh, Republican ad makers are just high-fiving over that. Um, the numbers in the, the that poll that we discussed earlier were just terrible uh, in terms of people's sense of how the economy is doing, their anxieties. CBS News had very similar numbers in their poll released over the weekend. You know, if you're a Democrat, you're three weeks away from the midterms. Uh, the inflation numbers that came out were bad. You just passed what was something called the Inflation Reduction Act. So people understandably thought that the Inflation Reduction Act was going to reduce inflation. And, you know, yes, you can still point to the jobs numbers, but I think, um, as we discussed earlier, people still feel this great sense of anxiety uh, over uh, how they're going to pay for stuff and, and grocery bills and gas bills are starting to inch up and all that kind of stuff. And the to me, I think you know, the right when people are going through hard times, the Bill Clinton maneuver is the right one. You want to have uh, empathy. You want to say, I feel your pain, you know, all that kind of stuff. Biden's like, ah, you don't, you know, how, it's, it's great. You've never had it so good. You should be thanking me, you know. That really comes across as terrible and tone deaf. I think he's just not, he was never the best communicator. I think he's getting worse as he gets older. And I think the visual of him eating the ice cream is just, you know, just the cherry on top, no pun intended. But uh, so again, I, you know, this would be a tough circumstance for a good president. And Chad, I just, we, we just don't have a good president. No, the struggle is real with him. And, and it's funny because usually 
you know, if you if you juxtapose between the two from the last president, to this president, the reality is, is uh, the last president wasn't super empathetic. And that's kind of Joe. Joe was kind of good with that, like the everyman Joe. The reality is if he hasn't come across that way. And, you know, once again, I also look around and say, who is actually behind him saying, all right, we're not going to allow him to sit there and mm. eat a bunch of ice cream in front of the cameras and, you know, essentially go, oh, everything's strong, really good. <laughs> yeah, there's, I, I think this is at some point a reflection of ego and narcissism and a sense that Biden has to believe that things he do, the, the things he has done have succeeded. And as I've, you know, laid out in the, we've laid out in the first martini, it really hasn't. I think you can very much make a strong, you know, actually economists all pretty much agree uh, the American Relief Act by dumping 1.9 trillion into the economy as it was already recovering. Everybody agrees that was a factor in inflation. They just have a slight disagreement about how big a factor it was, but you can't say it didn't do anything. You're throwing it all in there, uh, throwing all this money into there. They told us inflation was going to be transitory. Then he said in uh, December that it was, it had peaked, it had not. Uh, and then he said, we're on a glide path for the rest of the year. No, it's not gliding down either. It's gliding about even. Um, all of these numbers, every you know, every time Biden has tried to talk about inflation, things have gotten worse. So he's in this situation where uh, you know, th there probably isn't a good message to whisper into his ear. But his instinct is, no, it's because I'm doing it. I'm the president. Trust me, it's going great. No, it's not, Mr. President. And the more you insist that it's not, I think the more he's hurting, hurting his party uh, in the midterms. But uh, so I guess that's kind of good, but also just the the absurdity of him, you know, stuffing blah, 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 and uh, <laughs> trying to insist. The, and it's not just the economy is doing fine or unemployment is low. No, no. Our economy is strong as hell. I suspect yeah. you'll hear quite a bit of that between now and, on, and uh, Election Day in November. Absolutely. Jim Garrity right there. I'm Chad Benson in uh, for Greg this week. You can follow me at Chad Benson Show. Greg, people, uh, Jim, everybody wants to get a hold of you. They're like, oh, my God, I want to hear what Jim is doing. What else does he have to offer? Where do they get a hold of you? At Twitter, it's at Jim Garrity. Uh, and then, obviously, at National Review, I write both the Morning Jolt newsletter and updates in the corner throughout the day. Fantastic. You got your good, you got your bad, you got your crazy. Uh, and you can juxtapose the good, uh, you know, the, the bad and the crazy today. But uh, always good to be here, and I'll be here with you again tomorrow. Thanks so much, man. See you tomorrow, Chad. Cole Lyle of Mission Roll Call joins me to discuss the huge problem of veteran suicides and the comprehensive approach needed to address this crisis. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll also discuss Putin talking more and more about nuclear war, and I'll hammer Secretary Mayorkas for knowing the Border Patrol did not whip Haitian migrants before he went out and slandered those agents. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts.